You're listening to Misunderstanding Dementia Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Misunderstanding Dementia Course. And you can put in 50-50 to get a 50% discount on the course. Thank you. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Mike Chua, physical therapist, certified dementia practitioner, and the author of Misunderstanding Dementia. And today we have a special guest here. I'm here with uh, Dr. Janet Cantor. She's also a physical therapist, and, uh, and uh, she has some experience in, in taking care of uh, dementia patients. So uh, tell me more about you, Ms. Jenna. Yes, so I am a recent graduate of Columbia University, which is very exciting. And regarding dementia patients, I have had that with my grandmother in my family. So Mm -hmm. for me, it wasn't necessarily I was a hired person to come take care of her, but I was definitely somebody who has, I have experienced what it's like for that mental decline. Mm -hmm. And also it's, it's an unfortunate preparation for what's going to be happening to me because it runs in the family. You mentioned about it runs in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, do you have any specific what kind of uh, dementia or uh, dementia did your grandmother had? It's, it was dementia and uh, I, I'm not the expert on this, but I believe it's dementia and then it becomes amnesia. Can like, is that where, uh, what's that? I'm, I'm honestly asking. Okay. Well, the just for the benefit of our listeners, too, yeah. uh, the dementia is basically a, an umbrella term for a disease. And then under that umbrella, you've got different diseases like Alzheimer's, you know, Parkinson's dementia, you know, you've got the Lewy body dementia, you know, and there are a lot of uh, uh, types of dementia. And, and uh, that was actually what I was asking. But the, <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah. So, that. so all, 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 it was more in the direction of Alzheimer's. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't go full force because she still always remembered who my mom was, who we were. But it was interesting. I'm just going to go off on a tangent here a little bit, though you didn't ask. (laughs) Um, It was very interesting to see how it progressed because she actually, so I'm Jewish. I'm like a family of like Mm -hmm. 100% Jewish. My mom's 100%. My dad's 100%. So we have descendants who survived the Holocaust, especially my grandma, who we called Nanny. So um, I'm going to start calling her Nanny now because that's Mm -hmm. so Nanny, she, was alive during that time. She, mm-hmm. And so what's crazy to me uh, is she was, she's racist. She did not like black people. Mm-hmm. She's very racist. And it was something I w- wasn't happy about with her, but I mean, what can I, what can I do? You mm-hmm. know? And it, 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 I remember being resentful about that because I felt like we've already been through crap as Jews. Why would you hate somebody? Just why? Mm-hmm. Why? You know, and, and my parent, I, I learned from others, you know, in the family saying, you know, oh, it's because it's, uh, it was just the time period that they grew up in and just kind of shrugged it off because there's nothing you can do. But her dementia actually evolved where she forgot that she didn't like black people, which was good because mm-hmm. when she was in a home, uh, a, um, goodness, a senior living facility, that's who took care of her. Mm-hmm. But she forgot that, but it switched to where she would only eat white food. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. That funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, speaking yeah. of that, you mentioned about, you know, uh, they normally retain their long-term memory and uh, their filtering mechanism is normally gone. And uh, just like, just imagine for the benefits of our listeners too, you've got this, just imagine you've got a, a full filing cabinet 
And then on that filing cabinet, you've got different years there. And what normally happens is that when you take off that filing cabinet, you take off that year of 2015, 2013, 2010, and what's remaining is the long-term memory, and that's what's happening there. So uh, on uh, on Jenna's uh, grandmother, I think it was on a part partly it was good because she has forgotten that uh, time about that you know uh, that specific uh, race. So I think that was good. In the same it time. was. I think it was a very good thing. Mm-hmm. I think um, there was a uh, moment where I remember I was at this family gathering and, you know, all this, you know, the typical bagel ox and cream cheese and laka was all on the table. And there was some, I forget what it was on the table. I was either sour cream or something white, maybe yogurt for all I know, mm-hmm. who knows? It was kosher. So it was something white and kosher, but it was more of a topping. Let's say mayonnaise for now, because it's, I just want to give you an idea of something that will make mm-hmm. you gag. So mm-hmm. I love mayonnaise on things. Don't get me wrong, but in this context, you'll, you'll get it. So she's at the table looking for something to eat. And of course she sees this bowl of white food, which mm-hmm. is mayonnaise. And I see her grab one of the spoons and I see her dip it, the spoon, into the mayonnaise. And she's slowly bringing it to her mouth. Mm-hmm. And both myself and my cousin Justin leapt in, no, nanny, and like <laughs> prevented her from doing it. I just remember it just being such a realization of like how, you know, far gone she had become with, with her choices. To her, that was just you know, food, you know, she's not realizing why she's choosing the white food. She's not thinking about the fact that she's dipping into that and taking it directly to her mouth rather than putting on the plate, like a lot of things like just basic, you know, basic human manners Mm -hmm. uh, um, and how you would just be amongst other people. It it was, it was gone. It was, um, it was, uh, um, it was very eye-opening. It's funny, something we laugh about in our family, but it was also a very eye-opening moment on yeah. what what it was going on in her head or not. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, uh, how did you realize? How did how how was she diagnosed? You know, I mean, D- doctors for her were was her diagnosis, and I remember, you know, that point. There was a period of time that was very hard for my mom and her sisters because she didn't have a plan of care for mm-hmm. herself. So getting her into the home, uh, the, the um, uh, assisted living it was a very, very difficult time because also just finances weren't in order. It was actually a very, very stressful time for my mother and, and uh, my aunts because mm-hmm. nothing was sent to play. They had to sell the house. They had to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it needed to be done. It needed to be done. We also had one of, because my mom is one of three sisters, one of the sisters actually still lived in that house. So there was also that difficulty of saying, all right, you got to move out of the house now and go elsewhere too, mm-hmm. because you can't afford this whole house on your own. And so it, it was, it, dementia, it really, as much as she was being affected and it and it was horrible to see, it's, it sucks to see somebody go on a decline it was also, it, it affects a lot, a bigger picture too, of people don't have their health care and their finances and everything in order. And uh, my, my mother definitely experienced that. And, and since then, she has a plan for, she has told me that uh, my mom and dad have things just set and ready to go. I will never have to deal with what, whatever she dealt with. And I, w- I want to pay it forward as well. 
That's good. Well, you mentioned about everything needs to be done, you know, some sort of a living will. So for the benefits of our listener, you know, a living will or any kind of, you know, plan is very crucial. You know, estate planning, you know, financial planning, medical stuff. You need to really, really have this on, uh, uh, you know, done it as as early as possible. So a perfect example is when my father passed away and he never had you know, we never realized that uh, he was going <laughs> to pass away that quick. So we, yeah. right now, we're having a hard time, you know, uh, deciding uh, what to do with all his, pro- you know, his properties and all his other stuff. You know, uh, it's, it's. Oh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just blessed that my, my, uh, what do you call that? My mother, mother, my, yeah, that's my, that's our phone. Our, our, our mother is, uh, is good. You know, her. Or the other kids are good. The estate planning is very important because, uh, you know, it's it's just hard for the family to identify uh, and who to delegate it. You know, it's good that uh, my family are really good and nice and, you know, we don't have any quanders or, or any issues. So that's very important. So, all right. Okay. I got tired just going and turning off that uh, telephone there. So, <laughs> all right. I need my own exercise. All right. So uh, what do you think helped you in this journey in, in, uh, in coping up with your grandmother? For me, uh, it's unfortunate. I, my, I love my nanny very much, but I didn't see her all the time. It, mm-hmm. And I, I, I definitely love her and I loved her, the past and present. But for me, I didn't have that like extra bond where it was. And, and I've where it, it hurt. I was extremely sad. I'm sad, but not where I was like bawling. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. She, I, I grew up in California. She was in New York and she wasn't a regular part of my life. Mm-hmm. So for me, I didn't have like my cousins who saw her regularly. I didn't have that like extreme feeling of loss as this went on. I feel she also wasn't the most intelligent person her whole life, even before dementia. So there wasn't, though I'm talking about differences, there wasn't a big difference though, too, because of that. Mm-hmm. So it, it yeah, that, um, it, yeah, I'm literally forgetting about what the question is. So would you mind asking the question again? Well, how, how did you, uh, uh, help what helped you in this journey and how are you coping how did you guys coped up with it okay so what what helped me with the journey was the fact that i wasn't that close with her Um, so that that is unfortunate of course but i wasn't upset with it and then with coping with it i still say i'm still coping with it but it's more from a an unfortunately selfish perspective mm -hmm. i say unfortunate because i think it's nicer to reach outside of myself rather than just within but knowing that that's going to happen to me that sucks. There's nothing I can do about it. I can keep working my brain and doing things for the brain. Uh, as far as I know, if you got tips, you know, or some magic pill, but it's, it's, is what it is at this mm-hmm. point. We don't have a cure for yeah, it. That's very true. You know, right now we don't have any cure, but we do have, you know, what you call, you know, internal and external factors that we can modify. Obviously, you know, for the, for our listeners, again, uh, we have what you call the internal factors and the external factors. The internal factors, we cannot uh, help that, you know, especially with genes, you know, the apple lipoprotein gene, you know, that those genes that are, uh, they're having some stuff now that they can detect if you've got the risk for 
Alzheimer's or dementia. But with regards to the external factors, obviously we can help that and, you know, proper diet, you know, uh, you know, exercise, you know, our brain is, is also a muscle, you know, you have to also exercise it. So uh, we, you touched earlier about the cognition level. There is what you call the, uh, in the physical body, you have what you call the strength reserve. You know, when we get sick, if you're strong, you know, before you got sick, if you're strong, you get a good strength reserve. So, you know, you can recover faster mm -hmm. with dementia. If you got a good cognitive reserve, you know, uh, you can actually mask it. So uh, evidence-based show you get higher uh, uh, chances of dementia or Alzheimer's when you, your education is a little bit low. But if you are, you know, on a, you know, you've got a good cognitive reserve, you know, those patients can actually compensate and try to mask it a little bit and they don't get diagnosed with Alzheimer's early. So that's, a, you know, you're on the right track. You're, 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 you're a doctor and everything like that. So that's a good cognitive reserve there. So That is, that is, that mm -hmm. is very promising. I'll just keep reading mm -hmm. things that mm -hmm. make my mind go <laughs> That's good. That's good. So uh, uh, next question, Jenna, would be, uh, what is the one thing that you wish you knew before all of this happened? I mean, what is the one thing that you wish you knew? I wish I knew to respect it more. Mm -hmm. because I, I was young and I didn't understand the seriousness of it from my mother's perspective. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was coming from this very naive, I don't know her that well, but you know, this is what's happening. Okay. That's, that's what's happening. I wish I could have been there for my mother more and was there for my mother. I remember seeing my mom like a year later and just kind of, she was on the steps in front of the house. She was just kind of silently crying, not like, ah, but just like, just, she had tears in her eyes and she said, oh, I just miss my mom. And mm -hmm. uh, it, 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 I wasn't, I never checked up. I was never there for her mm -hmm. during that. And I, I wish if I could go back, it would be that is to be outside of myself. Oh, wow. That is just such a very powerful testimony, Jenna. And that's the thing that we're uh, talking about with the rest of our audience in the Misunderstanding Dementia Group and the other Alzheimer's group that I talk to. And it's that, you know, cherishing the moment that you're with your family. You know, I know it's hard right now if you're listening right now and uh, if you're taking care of your loved ones, your mother, your grandmother, your, your spouse, you know, I know it's hard, you know, cleaning them, wiping them, you know, uh, cleaning up after them, you know, feeding them and everything. But uh, when it's all is said and done, uh, you're just going to cherish this. And, and you know, uh, you're just going to tell yourself, oh, uh, I remember the time that I was feeding him. I remember the time that I was cleaning her up. And those tests that you're going through actually will be a testimony for other people. You know, those those techniques that you're learning while you're taking care of your loved ones right now will be a, a technique that you can share for other people. So uh, if you're listening right now, you know, just hang in there. And I know, uh, you know, this will be a, a good thing for you in the future. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Jenna. So thank you for your share on that. That was very powerful. Well, thank you. Of course, your title of your group is Powerful Performer. <laughs> Yes. Well, let's go ahead and plug that in. <laughs> I mean, I mean what do you do again with that powerful performer, Jenna? I mean, maybe we, maybe some other dementia uh, client or people who are listening right now can learn about that uh, powerful performer. I mean, what is it about? 
Oh, that's Powerful Performer is for performing artists. So it's basically to empower performing artists, singers, actors, dancers. Right now I'm really focusing on musical theater artists. And it's to empower them to become their own health superheroes. And what I mean by that, if I was going to go into more detail, is that mm-hmm. specifically for people who are not covered by a union, they don't have the best access to health care. So they may be in the middle of nowhere a lot of the time performing shows at these regional theaters or even on tour, and they don't have access to the appropriate health people when something arises and there's a good chance something has arisen for most performers and they've just been able to mask and you know shake it off and keep pushing through because a lot of the the people doing the traveling are going to be in their 20s their and uh and 30s and then if you get into the later age they're usually in the union so with that, they they are at risk of going to doctors who don't know what about their profession. They will not understand. They're in the middle of nowhere, like I said, and and that makes a big big difference on the healthcare that they can provide and how they can get better. And my goal is for not only to create a community where they can speak openly and in a safe zone where it's like whatever happens in here stays in here, where they can have a safe zone to speak about any concerns about their voice or their body or whatever. But I also want it to be a place where they can just become so knowledgeable about their body, how to judge if they're at the wrong practitioner, to know what their insurance does or does not cover, to know what certain terminologies mean. So that way they can just really up the ante on their overall health for their performance career. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think you're doing a good job there and a good niche there too. So so important. It doesn't exist. I wish it did. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, there's a big need for that big, big need. And, and I mean, but also there's similar to yours with where you're focusing on dementia and you're bringing more awareness on it. Mm -hmm. It's similar with performers. They don't value it. They don't think about it. They're, you know, if you're healthy, you don't think about it. It's only when you're not doing well that you think about it. So I want it to be more progressive and thinking in advance and preemptive. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Speaking of that, I saw a, a video that uh, uh, a patient, I mean, it was a video of a person who was dancing and uh, she was kind of really old, probably 80 or 90 year old and still dancing. Love and that. She was just the sharpest person that they were interviewing it. They, were, they interviewed her and she was like 80 and 90 years old because she was dancing and everything. And her memory is just so sharp because you know, she's still dancing her movement and the increase in blood flow in her body, increasing blood flow to her brain. And, and that actually uh, minimizes the risk for her to from getting dementia. So that's really good. Uh, that's good so true. I love that. I love how you're bringing that up because a lot of times right now, because in society, when we talk about exercise, we're thinking about weight loss and how we look. That's mm-hmm. how I still think it, but not as much because as you get older, the motivation changes. You're actually working out to function, to walk, mm-hmm. or to think for your brain to work appropriately. So it's I like that you bring that up because mm-hmm. it really it's as the, it's when you embrace the simpler things, you are able to not have to worry about looking at the past and oh I remember when you can actually still currently live it. That's right. I love that you mentioned that too because uh, a lot of our patients, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to older patients and dementia patients. A lot of the therapists will try to do this kind of exercise. For example, okay, you've got dementia. We'll put you in the bicycle. 
okay, you've got dementia, we'll put you in that upper body ergo whatever. You know, you can't do that to your dementia patients. If you've got a dementia patient and then uh, you want them to get better and stronger and then they're just wandering and they want to wander, let them walk all the time, you know, and that way you're improving their gait abilities. You know, if a patient just wants to do gardening, just let them do gardening. You know, if, if, if a patient wants to do carpentry, let them do some carpentry stuff. Of course, you do it safely. So uh, I think uh, that's really good. That's really good. Uh, yeah, my nanny, she actually, she walked all the time. Mm-hmm. She was a big walker. She mm-hmm. walked all the time. I remember my aunt talking about that. That's good. It's good, for you to, good to hear that, that, and, and she, she was able, she was walking on her own all the way up to when she passed. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's a big deal. I never even thought about that until you just said yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of therapists, they were like, Oh, that patient is a wanderer. You know, let's just put her in a wheelchair so they don't fall. No, let them walk around, you know, follow them, walk them around, let them, use up all that energy and then have them rest after that, you know, let them use up all yeah. those energy. So, uh, last question here. Uh, what advice you can give to other caregivers? To other caregivers? Mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know what, like reach out to people as you're going through it. You do not want to be alone. My mother had her sisters. I, I can't imagine how it would have been if my mom was alone dealing with some of the stuff mm-hmm. health wise, healthcare wise. I have friends who, and I've, I've, I've worked with patients who have been, you know, dependent on caregivers and I've spoken mm-hmm. to those caregivers and it's not easy. It's not easy. And do not get mad at yourself. If you, start disliking the person you're caring for. Don't like, you need to take care of you. Like as much as that's hard to do, find ways to take care of yourself. It's okay. The feelings that you're feeling as you're going through it to feel resentment. That's fine. That doesn't mean you're an evil person. You're an amazing human being for extending beyond yourself every single day, every moment of the day. So just, just know you're not alone and just, and, and love on yourself too. And I know that's very, very hard to do. And if, if anything, if I was going to say one piece of advice, try to find that moment when you are taking time with for yourself, well, even if it's just you sitting and eating quietly and acknowledge, just acknowledge that this is my me time right now. And that will help you appreciate those moments when you have that alone time so much more. You're not extending beyond because you're already likely exhausted, both physically and mentally. And you'll start seeing more how, those little things do exist and you can enjoy those moments more. No, oh, wow. Such a very powerful advice there, Jenna. You know, I just would like to reiterate what Jenna said, you know, the power of reaching out and taking care of you. If you're listening right now, you're doing a good job by listening to this podcast. First of all, mm-hmm. second, the second thing you need to do, what Jenna said, you got to learn how to reach out, reach out, not only with, from your family, reach out within your community. You know, what other Alzheimer's group you have there, you know, uh, or what support you can get, you know, from home health companies, you know, uh, nursing uh, support, you know, social service support. You have to learn how to reach out and learn how to delegate the help uh, that you need because if you cannot do everything and second thing that I really like what Jenna said is about taking care of yourself. Self-care is very important. If you're a caregiver right now, you're giving care. Now here's the thing. You cannot give what you do not have. It's like money. You cannot give somebody if you don't have enough money yourself. Mm -hmm. You cannot give, you know, love if you don't love yourself. 
And you cannot care for somebody if you don't take care of yourself. So that's our, probably your biggest takeaway right now. Reach out and learn to take care of yourself. Again, uh, any last parting wisdom words, Miss Jenna? No, no, not at all. Thank you so much for having me on here and just getting me to appreciate the effects of dementia for both the caregiver and the patient even more so. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for listening to our show. We appreciate you. We love you and uh, God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Misunderstanding Dementia Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Misunderstanding Dementia Course, and you can put in 5050 to get a 50% discount on the course. Thank you.